Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I am jazzed to announce to you all that my first LinkedIn learning course is live. Woohoo! It's on the fundamentals of communication for leaders. It's called Leadership Communication in the Flow of Work. And as no surprise to you, it's a blazing neon light for me for how imperative it is for professionals at all levels to communicate effectively, and especially those who have the privilege to lead. And LinkedIn Learning hasn't to date actually had its own fundamentals course in leadership communications. So I am so honored to have been asked to be the first. And I designed leadership communication in the flow of work to help leaders lead more effectively and drive change. Um, and in the course, we're going to cover, you know, really the why and how communication really is the currency of all our work. It's everything. So we're going to talk about what that is exactly. I'll share a simple structure to plan and handle real time, even the most challenging situations and communicate with more confidence. We'll do some key principles of leadership communication, how to use your voice for greater team commitment and cohesion, how to communicate and unleash others' potential, and communicating to overcome conflict, empower your team, and harness really the power of us. Lots of what we talk about on the show. So the words we choose, how we say them, impact our ability to connect as human beings and create value and meaning at work and life. So finding one's voice is key for us to achieve our potential. And I hope you'll check it out. And I really look forward to your thoughts. So now we are heading to the great Southeast of the US to Georgia, and I'm welcoming Henry to the show. Henry, how are you? I'm doing great, Molly. How are you doing? I am doing fabulously. And I'm really keen to hear uh, what's top of mind for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, like you said, I'm down here in Southeast Georgia. Um, I have been here since um, 2008, just moved here um, in Woodstock, and I'm working for um, Essential Ingredients in uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia right now as a marketing specialist. Yeah, and we're just going to be transparent because I'm actually on the board of this company, and it's an amazing, amazing people-first company, 100% employee-owned, the culture is insane. And I, I really want for a lot of folks, you listening, that it really is possible to come to work, to be your whole self, um, you know, to make mistakes and learn and grow and have it all be a great thing. Not that it's perfect, right, Henry? So I'm assuming there's probably some challenging situations or tough conversations uh, on your mind. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, on the topic of tough conversations, um, just talking about how to approach um, your superiors and how to talk to your coworkers is one main thing that um, has been new for me coming um, out of college and into the uh, full-time career world. Um, it's just been a new experience, obviously, learning what are the do's and don'ts, um, how to approach your manager with um, ideas that you have, and how to really shine in a role when you haven't had that full-time experience that a lot of other people in the industry have. And so stepping into my role, um, I've never had a full-time job. I just graduated from college uh, in May. 
And so just learning how to make an impact has been just a, something new for me. Um, and jumping into my role, it's been really exciting to, um, first of all, have a coworker that is in the arena with me, able to um, give me opportunities to shine in ways that I bring to the company. Um, being, being new to this company and having a new marketing structure for the chemical industry, um, I've been able to implement a lot of my graphic design skills that haven't been really apparent um, within the company yet. And so having an instant impact has been really awesome, um, but also just being able to have those tough conversations with people um, that, I mean, sometimes they're tough, sometimes they're not, but um, showing people the vision for what I have and really making that um, apparent in what we're doing um, is something I have to talk to people about first because a lot of people don't understand marketing, don't understand graphic design and being able to talk with my coworkers, but also my managers too, and about how I can impact um, the culture, but also um, the business that we do. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations, Henry. So exciting to have your first full-time job. So let's celebrate yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, all those years of school or something pays off. You actually landed in the workforce. And lucky you to be at the company you're at. I am curious, just share with us your early experience. You know, you kind of, I imagine you interview and you're thinking it's going to be a certain thing. Has it been exactly what you thought it, Henry? Is there, what, what have been surprises, if any? Yeah. Do you mean more so with the job search or yeah, with just, um, yeah, just in general, out? you know, when you did your job search and then you landed in the working world, you're like, okay, this is what it's like to work. Cause I, I remember that you're like, you're, you've been running around at college. <laughs> you're like, what's right. it like to be in the workforce? Yeah. It's, um, it's very new. I mean, college has done a great job as of recent to prepare, um, graduates for the workforce. Um, right now, a lot of colleges and a lot of, um, universities have a requirement to do at least a year internship or a summer internship that will kind of push you into the uh, working world and kind of understand what are the norms. And so that was something that I was very blessed to be able to do. I had an internship um, starting basically when COVID started and I was able to do it fully remote and was able to work with um, my coworkers remotely and be able to do tasks um, that were assigned to me over the internet and not really be able to have that face-to-face. -face. But um, stuff like that has was something I didn't really think was going to be the case um, for me, but being able to have that professional experience before I left college was incredible. And then going into my interview processes for um, full-time positions, having that experience was so helpful when it came to having those tough conversations about how do I work with others um, and how do I get things done in a timely manner while also being able to delegate. And in college classes, it's really difficult to have that kind of experience because you're just with other students and they're all in the same boat. They're all trying to just get a good grade. And most of the time they're out for just what the grade that they can, they can get rather than you, you say the group or the class as a whole. And so being able to work in an, in an environment and a in a pretty much full-time job that I did remotely, I was able to do something for the common good of the company that um, paid dividends for everyone in the group, not just myself to get, say, an A-plus in the class. Yeah, that's amazing. So great for you to get the internship. I know that's a big deal. And I just want to shout out for parents of kids and kids who are going into college. It can, it's super stressful. You know, I, I'm, and I... Mm -hmm. 
I, I wish it were not the case. It seems to me pressure has increased. So I do want to just take a step back for folks, and especially if you're a younger person, look, at, it's going to be fine. Okay, so I do think there can be undue pressure, and we all know sometimes having too much can't doesn't help us be our best. So I think keeping it in perspective is super important. Um, I love how you're you've been very mindful about this, Henry, because I think the the biggest thing is just being able to take a step back and say, huh, here I have, I have these, I have ideas. You know, I'm at a new place. You're thinking about, well, you know, your reputation, you're, de you're developing your reputation for how you want to be perceived. And to be able to just be intentional about it and to realize it's something that you drive is really, I think, the first thing. I think many times people sort of land. And I remember, you know, it's just kind of, it's a, it's a lot. There's just a lot of people. There's a lot of people doing different things. It's all new. And so just being able to drink from the higher fire hose and soak it in is not is a is a big ask. Um, you, I think this notion of starting out, um, you know, just thinking about what do you, what do we want to have happen in an early part of our job? I think making impact is certainly laudable because we really want to make the company better. That's awesome. And I think the the idea of thinking about how do I want to be perceived because I have a first chance to make one chance to make a first impression is also something. Um, right. I kind of will totally hark agree. back. Yeah. So the, I think the hark back, the thing that might make it easy for people is thinking that it's really the relationships that we have that really help us to do the best work. And yes, we get stuff done on our own, but really, you know, you can, if you want to go slow, I think they say go it on your own. If you want to go fast, go with others. And so I think that I, that notion, especially as we're new, of balancing that if I can really have people get to know me and me get to know them while, right, I'm having impact, that's a real win. There's a, a phenomenon called heads down, pencil up, or we're just so focused on doing stuff, right? Because we want to feel like we're doing stuff. This is new kids on block and he's doing a lot of stuff. And that's absolutely right. important, right? But realizing that we don't want to just be a task machine, um, the ability for people to get to know you to know your strengths, to things that aren't so great, right? Where would we want to develop and vice versa for your colleagues helps you think about how do we all come together to your point of really doing great work and adding to the culture. So yeah. I would offer for you, right, Henry, you're either, your people are either, either adding or subtracting. There's no net neutral, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, when it comes to that, I mean, in my new role and the first short months that I've been there, um, just being able to not only meet people and get to know them, but also get to know what they do within the company. Because my marketing um, department touches pretty much every aspect of the company and some aspects, not so much, but being able to know exactly what they do, um, how they're contributing and how I can um, further help them also just increases the communication styles between us and the culture within the company and being able to um, just create an environment, like you said, that um, promotes really great work. Um, and that's just something that I've firsthand seen. And like you said, um, creating those relationships is something that was really important to me from the onset and has really just been awesome to see the um, product of that already. That's awesome. And kudos to you. I want to offer for folks and this notion of elevator pitch. And I don't mean this in an annoying salesy way, but hi, I'm Molly Chang. And the first few sentences help someone just kind of get a sense 
people are always trying to get a sense. And so feed it to them the way you want to feed it to them. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be about the role. It can be, hey, I'm from here. You know, I like love this. My favorite movie is this. Something that just makes an impact elevator pitch because we don't want to be beige. I want to encourage people, don't be a wallflower. You know, be full, you know, be, be um, excited about sharing yourself. And then that ability to then pause and say, hey, tell me about you, right? And letting people, because there's nothing more, more of a show of respect and listening to what someone has to say about who they are. So I do think having a little prep on that and, you know, folks record into your iPhone. If you're wondering how I signed, record into your iPhone and hear how I signed, because it can really make a difference when you realize, wow, I sound like that. So just, just, just um, think about those as easy things to do if one might be a little nervous about it. Um, you know, Henry, you talked about approaching superiors and peers. And so I think I have, I have a really simple model. It's in my course too. Um, and I'll share it with you. Just hopefully it helps you out that notion of me, you, and then we, and, and I think about this, it might be 30 seconds, but it's always in the background. So I'm thinking about going into a conversation, like what's going on for me? Am I excited about it? Am I worried about it? If there is a negative emotion that might be holding me back, I got to let that go. It's fine to be nervous. We're not saying you shouldn't be nervous, but re realize it and really get in good relationship with oneself. And part of that also is as I'm going into an interaction with someone, like, what am I trying to do? If it is a tough conversation, right, Henry, what is mm -hmm. it that I want to have happen? And maybe it's not solving a whole issue. Maybe it's just raising that you're observing something and you want to see, are you observing the same thing? So I offer... I often have people, they're all nervous. I'm like, well, what do you want to have happen? And they look at me like, what do you mean? I said, well, what do you want to have happen when you talk to this person? Right. So you're totally in control of that, right? So um, the me and the you then is that once you're figuring out, okay, I've got this, my side of it, I'm grounded in what I, I'm hoping to accomplish. Then it's like, well, what might be going for this other person? And so you have this new idea. You're thinking, well, maybe someone's really receptive. Maybe they're not really receptive. You know, you have a sense. You want to do your best to think about a way that might, that what you're going to say will land for them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are more or less secure. And this is not a bad thing. Some Sometimes folks are a little bit more intimidated by new ideas. That's totally fair. Well, don't make that wrong or bad. So that might be an approach that says, look, I really uh, appreciate how, how the, you set this up or how we've done it in the past. You know, I was, I'm a new kid on the block. I love... I see it a little bit differently. Is it okay if I share with you something different? So here we haven't even gone out and shared it, but you've asked for permission. So right. that helps the person have agency. Does that make sense, Henry? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, going back to the first, first part of what you're saying, before I enter any conversation, I always try to level myself and make sure that I'm not coming into a conversation at a point where I don't, where I don't feel um, like myself. And so like, it can go with anything and coming into a conversation that is tough, maybe with um, somebody you're, you're in a deeper relationship with and making sure that you're level-headed first, then you're not coming in with, you know, anger or resentment, but being level-headed and being able to come into a conversation, knowing that all values are valued and all, um, all thoughts are valued uh, within the conversation. So I definitely agree with that. And also like, for me, being able to um, come into a new job and know that things have been done a certain way for a long time and they've worked, and but also knowing that I have my own ideas too and being respectful of both of those things 
first and foremost, I think creates a very safe space for ideas to be shared, especially with um, as a peer that has been in the industry or in your company for a lot longer than you have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is the maturity of someone who's been in business 20 years. And I'm telling you, I work with folks who don't have the level headedness you have. So that's a strength. You need to know that because lots of times that isn't something that's out of the gate. Henry, bravo on that. And what you're saying is, and this is so important for all listeners, one has to be genuine. And, and I think that this is something where the struggle sometimes is, oh, that person's wrong. You know, I know they're wrong. Okay. Maybe they're wrong. Okay. You jumping down to show that you're right out of the gate may not be the best way to grow that relationship and to get your point across. So I think taking the time to think about what's the best way to approach someone is so huge, right? right. Uh, we covered the me, right? And the you. And so I think the next step is it's really the we, like, who are we together? What best serves the whole? Are we hearing all the voices when you're in a group? And I think lots of times in companies, it can be very easy department by department. Well, we have limited headcount. Oh, marketing did a better sales job. Marketing got the headcount. But if we had really took taken a step back and, and heard all the situation, the right headcount, maybe engineering should have gotten more headcount, right? And so that's where you win the battle and lose the war. So that ability for people to put the ego aside for truly people to embrace what does serve the greater good, you know, and then there's different opinions on that. And the brilliant thing about bringing up different opinions is they're just that. You got to figure out, hey, what, what is it that we think is really the accurate shared reality, I call it? Like, what's the, what is this, the same being on the same page like? Because that's the only way we're going to then make the best decisions and move forward, right? So yeah. I think that when people come to me, like, I'm really nervous. So, well, if you're really grounded in what you believe is right for the whole, again, you may be wrong. If you're really grounded in what you think serves the whole and you're explaining that, you're not going to, no one is going to shoot that down. They may mm -hmm. say, oh, that's so great. I want to offer this because you don't have the benefit of seeing this part of the business, et cetera, et cetera. You're like, great, new information for you. You know, so I think that, that um, that's a framework. So let me just pause there. Is that framework land for you, Henry? Yeah. I mean, it resonates really well. And um, I think using that in my prior experiences have has proven, proven successful. Um, and just knowing that coming into a conversation and people knowing that you're grounded and that you're not all high and mighty about um, some solution you may have, I think makes it even even easier for them to receive it and to really think about it as a potential solution and if they want to implement it. And I think that um, can be really successful for anybody. Yeah, that's a marvelous level of maturity. Okay, I wanna go on to, you talk about how to shine. And this is really important because sometimes people think, well, I'm gonna do great work, everyone's gonna know. I'm like, no, that's not true everyone's not going to know. And so there's a really fine line. The folks who are a little bit more modest or grew up where it's not so, it's not thought of so highly to perhaps be a little braggy, right? It's so this is a really tough judgment call. It's important that people are aware so we can think of it as educating and helping people understand that, um, you know, you've done something. And I think this takes practice. I would say, I think they've done studies, women sometimes have a harder time at this, that the ability to take credit when credit is due. And sometimes the team did something, but sometimes you did it. And it's okay to say, hey, I'm really proud of this. This is a learning thing. I had some bumps and turns, but this is something that I really was able to pull together. What do you think? 
So practicing mm-hmm. finding a way authentic to you to take credit where credit is due is also role modeling for other people that that's okay. Yeah, I totally uh, agree. Yeah, and then the last thing you talked about, which I, I think is this notion of vision. And so I, I call something called connect the dots, which is sometimes we have to tell people that perhaps this is a visionary thing. And so labeling, such. so I have this idea. I took, I took this time and I took a step back and I created this vision and I'm really excited to share it with you. Yeah. And you might laugh, but you might say, well, I, but I went through and I talked about it. But if you didn't label it as the vision, you may not get credit for it. And this is just part of uh, helping people, ensuring that people are following the same train of thought that you want them to and really connecting the dots all along the way. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned, you know, you're in this unique field, of course, graphic design. I'm want to be creative. So I just want you to know that. Like, I wish I were, <laughs> I really do. Like I, in my brain, I'm awesome. And I know I'm not. So hey, anybody can be a creative. <laughs> I think this, this idea of being, thinking of the roles that you might have at work beyond the fact that you're in a, a given department with a title, but sometimes we're playing the role of an educator, for example. And so if, if, especially for folks going into a company where maybe the job is new or it's been revamped, Think of this as an opportunity to really sell and educate, meaning, okay, hey, this is the area that I'm in and I'm wondering, hey, do you have any experience in graphic design? So seeking first to understand, right? Asking questions, being curious, seeing where they're at. Oh, okay. Do you mind? Can I, can I, I mean, I studied this in school. Can I share a little bit with you? So you make it a game, but you have a chance to educate people so that they can appreciate the work you do so that they can be a better partner. Because when we're in graphic design, what happens is people, they're like, well, I'll see it and I'll know it when I see it. I'm like, no, 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 creative people need guidance. (laughs) They cannot just magically create this perfect thing that only you know in your head. Exactly. It's a key, it's a key thing. Um, And I think, yeah. Sorry, yeah, well, I was just gonna add a little bit. Um, I think, I mean, this could be self-explanatory, but I think college is so funny in the fact that like, when you when you graduate and go into your full-time job so much stuff um in college is constantly changing especially in the graphic design world i mean trends change on the dime and so being able to basically have like a solid pipeline obviously from college into a full-time job people are constantly being educated outside of college in these full-time roles um and are teaching the people in their company that they're just a, a new part of the team and so i've seen that pretty clearly already. And just knowing that people in my company are super um, receptive to the stuff that I have to say, um, whether it be in the design realm or not. Um, But I think it's really exciting to show people like, oh, this is how information can be um, displayed now. This is how people are receiving information and really understanding things a lot better in a graphic design sense. And so I think that is just so funny to me. And I see that more clearly now than ever coming out of college. I love that. I love that. You know, I would be I would be remiss to not ask you. So, Henry, give folks who are in companies hiring amazing bright lights like you, give them some advice how best to take advantage of uh, new talent. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think first and foremost, um, interview processes have become so vast and expansive, I think. Um, some interview processes go on a little bit too long. I think when you know you have a candidate that you really like and you really like their work and their projected um, success, 
I think take advantage of that and um, don't lose them based on just a super long interview process. Um, tell them that you're interested and get them excited about the role and don't lose an opportunity to have such an amazing candidate um, when they're sitting right there in front of you. Um, and don't feel like you have to go through the motions of several different interviews where you're just kind of weeding out things. And I think people coming out of college are really eager to get into the workplace. They're really eager to show their skills and just giving them a platform to do that if they're the right fit is something that will just kind of make people really excited um, to get into the workforce. And I'd say um, people, when people are interviewing um, for, for positions, companies interviewing people, um, just having a mindset where um, not coming into it knowing that they know everything about um, new trends and all that stuff and being able to uh, receive what they have to say. Um, and when it comes to interviews, having great questions when it comes to the industry that they're in and seeing if they have any ideas right off the bat about what um, things they could do differently or things that they could add based on their previous experience and education. I think that would be um, such an awesome thing. And I think in a lot of my interviews, um, they gave me real life um, questions um, and real life problems that they wanted me to solve. And being able to do that for an employer or projected employer was so cool because I was able to see firsthand what I'd be doing in that role and um, whether that excites me or not. And so I think that was really um, beneficial to me. That's awesome. Top tips. Okay. We've talked about a lot. We're going to wrap. You, um, you we've, we've covered a lot. Do you have one top takeaway from our conversation today? Yeah, definitely. Um, just going back to what we were saying about um, when you're walking into a conversation, always before you walk into a conversation, take a step back and ground yourself first and foremost. Um, don't come in there with preconceived notions or preconceived anger and just really um, get into a mindset of where you're ready to receive and you're ready to also um, give the information that you um, really want to give. And I think that sets you up perfectly for um, a very efficient and um, productive conversation where people don't come away offended, but they come away um, more so inspired and ready to uh, tackle new challenges and um, just do really great work. Henry, you are amazing. I hope you got sunglasses on there because you're a very bright light. I can see the glow. Uh, lots of goodness ahead for you. I'm cheering Thank you, so much, you right? If there's anything I can do, my friend, you know how to reach me. Um, and you're a big part of the solution. So thank you very, very much, Henry. Take good care. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So we're now heading to the West Coast and I welcome Robert from the Sunnyvale, California area. Welcome, Robert, to say it's Gofully. Hi, Molly. How are you? I am fabulous because I'm chatting with you. Great. Perfect. <laughs> we like perfect. Okay, my friend, I imagine um, there's something on your mind. What challenging conversation or sensitive situation is on your mind? Um, it was uh, about five weeks ago now, and I, I had accepted a new position, um, a management role that I, I'm currently at, at a new company. And because it was at a new company, I just put in a two-week notice. I didn't have to go through a transfer transition period um, to get a new manager because I was I was unhappy with the group that I was in and the way that I was being treated. Um, I didn't think that I was getting the same opportunities as other people and I was not looked at as a person that would be able to grow professionally in that group. So I was thinking, well, I could get a new group or I'll just 
get a new job. So I just got a new job. But I keep thinking about, did I leave the right way? Because I just kind of, once I was done, I was just done. And I, I really I really stopped caring because it wasn't my problem anymore. All the stuff that they were telling me I, sh- I should do. It's like, well, I already got a new job. So pretty much just done. And now I, now I think, you know, did I did I do that the right way when, you know, in this industry? Is it going to come back to me later? Or is somebody going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember you, the guy that just left abruptly or something. And then, you know, I sent some people some emails and said bye. And then... It, it was just uh, I, I keep thinking back about the the way that I, I ended my career at my previous employer and if I if I did it the right way or not. Well, that's a lot. I Number one, kudos for landing in a new role. Are you happy with your new role so far? Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah, I feel great. That's great. That's awesome. So I really appreciate your bringing this up because. It's a really important opportunity. And for listeners around the world, I'm sure that they can relate. Um, and I think that it's sometimes in a situation, it's not working out and the opportunity is really like learning what's going on there. And then to ascertain, maybe there are ways to stay and make it work, not saying one should, but I'm all about helping people create options so that you're in charge, right? So I want you, mm-hmm. I want people to have the options to make the call. Give us a little bit of background, Robert. How many years have you been working? Uh, I have been working professionally since 2014. So um, about nine years. Yeah, great. That's great. And were you at this previous company all nine of those years? No, I graduated college in 2014 and then I took the summer off and then I got my first job uh, in corporate America when I was, yeah, I was 23. Um, It was in October of 14. And then I worked at that sales position for two years and then I changed industries and I started working. for the defense industry. So I was part of the military industrial complex and I was working for a big government contractor and I worked there for about six and a half years. And then I just started at this new place. Okay, got it. That's helpful as a little context. So when we talk about this sense of being in a group um, and not feeling like you're getting opportunities, can you share a little bit about how that like, how did you kind of come to that conclusion? Like, huh, other people are getting this, but I'm not. Where I I felt like I had a lot of results and I, I they were not feelings about the results themselves, but I, I felt like I had amassed a certain amount of experience based on tangible metrics that I completed. And every time it came up that I where I talked about, I want to get into management. I don't want to just be the doer. I want to be the decision maker. It always felt like the goalposts kept getting extended. Well, you're, you do these things well, but what we want you to see how you can do this. And then I would do that thing. And then they'd say, well, you didn't do this though. What about stuff like this? And, oh, you have to learn this new skill. And then eventually I was like, why do, why am I going to keep jumping through all these hoops for people that don't care about me? They just 
it seems like they cared more about the work that I was doing more than my professional development. And um, uh, at the same time, in parallel, I was seeing other people who worked at the same place as me in the same group. They were getting promoted to my level or they were getting even promoted to a management level. Maybe they were a manager by title, but they were an individual contributor. But still, that doesn't feel good. And it doesn't put money in my pocket when, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. And then they say, oh, well, he's too valuable to he needs to keep doing all those things. So we're going to have this other person do that. And it's like, well, but I want to do that thing. So that's why, you know, it's it's a feeling, but it's also actions of other people that are are noticeable. And that's that's how that's how I came to that conclusion that, oh, they don't really actually care about me. They just want me to keep working here so I can keep doing all these things for them. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I feel it. I can feel it. And I mm -hmm. know that that's not a great feeling. So before we talk about the terms that you le left on, just for other folks sake, let's just think about how we might um, validate that. And as listeners know, that notion of transparency is our friend. And, you know, let's just, we're going to call your manager, Kim. Right. And okay. so you've been working with Kim and Kim said, do this and you did this and then it was do that and you did that. And so for I want to empower listeners. Part of this is, hey, Kim, I starting out a conversation, I would you know, really appreciate working for you. I've learned a lot, whatever authentically you can acknowledge about that person, because there's goodness in that relationship. Right. Presumably, if, you, if one has a horrible, toxic relationship with your boss, that's a whole nother topic. Right. Yeah. But in bringing something up like this, because a lot of managers don't have as much experience in really helping guide people in development. And it's not necessarily their fault. I'm not I'm not letting them off the hook, Robert, but we have to have some compassion for them that they, they may not actually be very good at it. Right. So sure. that becomes a chance for you, if you will, manage up. Hey, so one of the things I want, you know, to be clear on is just that I have these career aspirations and I, I know you're on my camp. And so I just want to be clear on them. So just clarifying at some point, if this isn't something the boss is asking us, we should make sure that they get that. So I think that's also a point of opportunity to align. Right. And we all have growth opportunities. So I think this is also where, you know, periodically sitting down and saying, Hey, I really am interested in managing other people. I'd love to hear what you think I'm good at. Where do you think I need to grow? Right. So you're proactive, they're proactive. And so mm -hmm. part of that is she kind of fed stuff out. Like, here's one thing you could do. And then here's another thing you can do. And you feel like the goalposts are changing. And I'm just going to say, potentially, let's say it's legit. What Kim would have been helpful saying, here are a number of areas and here's what the whole package would look like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So again, yeah. unempower the people who feel like they're employees to be having these robust heartfelt conversations. Now, to your point, you may feel this is not like, I don't sense Kim is like wanting me to develop as a human being. Because if I yes. develop as a human being, I'm going to add more value to the company. That's totally fair game. And once you figure that out, that's a done deal. But I think a lot of folks may have bosses who don't quite appreciate how to help someone. And so if the employee can have those conversations and, and be forthright about it, then you know you're acting on kind of fact, like this person actually really and doesn't want me to grow or, you know, vice versa. They just don't realize that they're not supporting you the way you want to be supported. So that's just that part. Let me pause there. Anything mm -hmm. on that part? 
Um, I agree with everything that you say. And uh, it is important to advocate for yourself in your career. And, and you are the only person that's responsible for your own career. So if you don't speak up and say, this is what I want, or this is what I want to have happen, then nobody's going to do that for you. It, it, it might not happen. Somebody really has to go out of their way to try to get something for you if you don't even or if they don't even know that you want it. So that what you were just saying actually reminded me of an important part because at the beginning of the year, I didn't I didn't express assertively what I wanted to do. My my manager that was directly ahead of me left the company. And so I just assumed like, oh, I've been in charge of this program for three years. I know everything. They're obviously just I think that they're going to ask me to be the manager. And then they didn't ask me. And then they then I found out later they were oh, they already picked somebody else down the line. And it's like, wait, you didn't even talk to me about it. So that was a lesson that I learned that you do need to speak up and advocate for yourself um, all the time, not just sometimes, all the time. Yeah, I love it. We're going to come back to this manager transition. I want to just raise the fact if we're seeing other people get promoted, who we feel uh, we were right there with them, um, I, I think there's also a way to bring that up. And so... Mm -hmm without being like, how come you didn't pick me and whiny? So saying, hey, so to come back to the chat we had, you know, I'm really excited about being manager. I saw so-and-so got the role. If one was disappointed about it, by the way, it's a fair thing. I said, you know, I have to say I'm a, a little bit disappointed because I really would have liked to have been considered. Now I can't change yeah. that because it's done. It's a done deal. But could you take me through what it is you were looking for um, I'm assuming since you didn't come to me that there was something that didn't seem like I could handle it, but I, I really want to learn from this experience because I am very disappointed. Okay. So being to be forthright about that, not making them wrong. It's their, their job. I mean, it's their decision. They're the boss, mm -hmm. right? So, but you want to say, I want to learn from this bad on me. If I wasn't clear, they may be like, we had no idea you were interested. Right. And you're like, Oh my God. Right. But, but that's a very different than, well, you know, this person deserves it more than you, or they don't come up with a good answer. Again, that, their reply gives you information yeah. about the organization, which is what we're getting to. Um, mm -hmm. So now in a manager and transition, folks, this is super important. Do not assume, right? And so part of this is at the right time, being able to come to the new person, well, with your old boss, by the way, just saying, hey, we're so sad. What is the transition going to be like with the new person? What are you going to share with them? You know, to the extent that you have the opportunity in the relationship, find out, You'd be really helpful for me because one of the things I want to do, and you know, I want to be a manager. Are you going to pass that on to this new person? So, you know, you're being proactive. I'm not saying being pushy, bossy, or annoying, but just being, you know, forthright about what's the transition like. Um, you think it'll be appropriate that I come in and I kind of want to meet the person right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if you have a boss you're really familiar with, it can be very, very unsettling when they just leave. Right. Because you feel like, wait a second, you know, you were my kind of lifeline here and that can be very destabilizing. So when you come into a new situation, this idea of the relationship with the boss, again, I would expect bosses to be leading and doing the lion's share. But if the boss, some people are very busy, right? People are remote. And that ability to say, you know, you know, I'm here to do my best work and I want to make us and the group super successful. And so can we carve out some time? Because I'd love to just get to know you a little bit. I'd love to share a little bit about me. And, you know, I just, I just know that we could be a dynamo team. That would be awesome if the leader said that. But if the leader doesn't, empower yourself to go in and say, hey, I care enough 
to take some time. Um, you know, I don't know you as a person. I know that this, you know, what I know of this group, et cetera, et cetera. But I think most leaders, when you're done in a heartfelt way, would really appreciate that you care so much and that you make the effort to really focus on the relationship because we all know folks, right? The task is the task. It's the relationship piece that gets us uh, to accomplishing those tasks in, in a better way. So I'll just pause there on those topics. Any comment? Um, I think uh, having a difficult conversation with, uh, with a manager is really, really important. Just number one is to get acclimated in having those difficult conversations with people. If it's true that you do want to move up the corporate ladder, then it's not easy all the time to, to communicate with people and to try to come to, I think, a common ground and understanding. Um, so, so that's very true. And another thing that I really agree with is, um, the fact that you you want to learn from the response because a lot of times people aren't going to be direct i'm very direct but a lot of people aren't like that so you can you kind of have to learn how to read between the lines and figure out what somebody's trying to say without them actually telling it to you so that is um that's what i have to say about that i think that it's um it's a it's a tricky road to navigate. We're in uh, large corporations or small corporations. The part that you said about relationships is is super important because people want to work with other people who they like and and who are also kind of like them. And then that's that's how you get into a point where you'll have uh, uh, homogeneous groups and homogeneous groups perform not as well as heterogeneous groups. So it's important to, in certain situations, bring in somebody new and say, well, we're going to shake things up or we're going to get an outsider's perspective. And I think that that is something a, a, a seasoned leader would look at their team and say, I need to evaluate this in a different way. Maybe we can bring somebody else that's really good at this thing. Maybe the old person was good at those other things, but we can make up the gap here in a different way. Um, so I think it comes back to having the experience with conversations, difficult conversations, because it's not in a relationship what happens if you get in an argument or a fight in any relationship, uh, but a, in a business relationship, it's how you come back together and you you solve the problem and then you move on. Yeah, so let me build on that. Two things, one is I wanna offer you a framework, um, which my listeners know, that can help you as you're processing these quote unquote difficult conversations. And it's very simple, me, you, we. And it may be happening in the course of 90 seconds, but that me is like, what's going on for me? So let's say you heard someone else got promoted, you're annoyed, right? And you're yeah. rightfully annoyed. However, showing up annoyed, is that gonna be helpful? That ability to shh, exhale it, and that's not easy to do because our emotions often can get the better of us. So once you're in good relationship with yourself, letting go of any negative emotions. It's also thinking like, what do I wanna have happen? I wanna learn something. I want this person to know something. So many times people go into an interaction and it's not really clear to them, like, what are you trying to do? And it may be you wanna solve this whole problem, but maybe before you solve the problem, you need to understand where that person is coming from. So being very intentional about what you wanna have happen in interaction. 
So that's the me. Then the you is thinking like, what's going on for the other person? And like I said, for some managers, super busy, had no time. We have no idea. Someone could be very sick at home, you know? So I think having compassion for what you may not appreciate about what else someone else is going through can help you approach that person in a way where you're going to be better received. And the third level is we. Who are we together? What do we stand for, right? So when we're on in a company, here we are. We want the best for the company. Let's be really clear. We want that. Sometimes that means this group might get that or this group might get why. But at the end, we want to serve the whole. And if we can keep our eye on the prize and not make it personal about jockeying for position, that can really help. Just offer that me, you, we frame. And so when we think about difficult, I'm not saying it's like a piece of cake, but I offer to folks, if you go in thinking this is going to be really hard, it's probably going to be pretty hard. And so if you think about, well, this may not be comfortable, but it's a growth opportunity, right? I'm not saying it's a piece of cake, but if you go in thinking I can do this and I'm doing this for the right reasons to, to really advocate for myself, but to really help serve the whole, that I think can take that difficult word away. When something's not so difficult, when you can flow more, it's, gonna, it's more likely to go well. So I just offer that that's a mindset shift that you can make, you, that you can control. Okay. Um, and that, um, the part about information for people, I think it's really important to see it not as judging, you know, just good, bad, Hey, that's information. Let me be neutral about it. I would offer, especially for folks, you know, earlier in career, Robert, understanding how we land for people, super important. You said mm -hmm. yeah, I'm very direct. I'm very direct. That's awesome. Now, what we might perceive as direct and awesome, someone may think of as arrogant. They may think bossy. They may think, who knows what they think. So the opportunity, as especially in newer, saying, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm very eager. If you would um, do me the favor, I'd just love to get a little bit of your reaction to me. How do I land for you? Right? Do you have anything that you think would help me be a better teammate to you? And you give someone space. You pause. And there's no, well, I disagree or agree, but you give someone the space. One, that shows a great deal of vulnerability, that you're willing to hear whatever they have to say. It shows that you value the other person's opinion, and it shows that you're open to growth. All those are good things, right? We, uh, companies cannot have a, enough employees that have those three traits. So I just offer that as something very proactive. And we have to, I mean, I learned this the hard way. You know, if someone thinks something of us, they did not like pull it off a bookshelf. I said, or I did something that telegraphed that to them. I may have done it completely unaware and that's kind of dangerous. So we want to become more aware. Hey, we may lay in differently. I'm not saying you need to do a wholesale change of our personality at all. I still think we want to be true to ourselves, but it may mean, hey, I may sound like I'm bossing people around. I'm just really passionate about this because I really have learned from experience. I just, I've done this. I've made that mistake. I don't want us to make the same mistake. So I call that connecting to the dots so that you're helping people appreciate you the way you want to be heard and still be true to whoever Robert is, right? So I think this notion of hiring people like themselves, et cetera, that can be a little bit of an excuse. They're just hiring people like themselves. So let's show some respect. Hey, they do want to hire different people. They may not have a pipeline. They may not know how to do that. How can I be part of the solution? and helping them embrace the diversity because of course, different people, places, ideas, and experiences for sure going to get us better solutions. However, 
If you have a diverse group of, of people and they do not know how to work together, they can't hear each other, they can't communicate, it is a train wreck and it's not fun and they don't get work done. Okay, so that's and people and that's the people true. who have been in the business know this and it's the little dark side of this diversity thing. Just because everybody's different doesn't mean we magically create these better solutions. It takes real work. And I would advocate it takes a higher level of performance in a team that is diverse because each individual has to be more skillful in how they communicate and how they hear others and how they create space for others. So let me just pause there. How's that land for you? Uh, well, the number one thing is that, um, to your point, mindset is, is very real and manifestation is real. And if you're thinking about things and you have a, uh, generally speaking, if you have a positive attitude, you're more likely to have a positive outcome. That's, that's super real. And it's really important for, I think, people to know that going into something you want to have a level of expectation for yourself of and you have to be real with yourself and figure out well how is this going to go how do i want this to go if it doesn't go the way that i want what am i going to do afterwards like how am i going to pick up the pieces and keep going because we never stop so if you just understand that and and realize that you have you have to have a strong mindset and a, a positive one to try to get to that positive outcome that you want to have. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's very, very true. Um, Good Good stuff. Let me, uh, I don't want to lose track. One thing that you had asked about is, Hey, did I leave on the terms that I want to leave on? Cause the world is small round comes around. So I do think that, um, again, to the extent that one may feel, okay, I wasn't treated fairly. I wasn't, I wasn't, well, whatever it is, there is a bit of letting that go. You've made a decision. You're off to greener pastures is awesome. I would mm-hmm. say the opportunity to be intentional about connecting with people who you know you enjoyed working with, who you learn from, is important to the extent that hey, you know, why are you leaving? You know, I, I had a lot of good experiences here. Hire, you know, be upfront about that. If there were some things that you think the company should know, then tell HR what you think they should know. They may not do anything about it, but when people say, "Well, I'm not going to say anything," I'm like what? You're leaving because something like you could have potentially stayed and you're not going to tell them why you could have potentially stayed. It's not to me is not being part of the solution. So it takes a little bit of effort with not without malice just to say my experience was this. I'm sure I could have been better in a lot of ways, but I made this decision because of why. And I just want you to know. Right. And and I wish you well. But I think leaving on positive terms and being connecting with people and staying in touch with people is great. I wish early in my career, I I stayed connected. I had worked with so many amazing people, amazing people. Right. And I Mm -hmm. really would have liked to have been close to them um, because they just, they're just super human beings. So we've covered a lot. And I'm just wondering if you have any reflections on your own self or takeaways um, about, you know, kind of how you've been or what you're doing or what you might do differently, Robert. Um, well, I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So I don't know if I would necessarily go back and do anything differently. But uh, it feels, it, it felt funny. Anytime a relationship ends, and even if it's a business relationship, both sides, uh, both parties are going to feel like a kind of like a breakup aftermath, like a sense of loss a little bit. 
And I did, I did leave abruptly. And I was just like, yep, I got in on a Monday. Well, I, did, I was working remote at the time. So I, I got on my computer and I was like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I need to call this person. And I was like, I'm putting in my two weeks. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't, it was, a. Uh, I actually recorded the conversation, which wasn't cool, but I didn't care. But I just stopped caring because of the way the pattern, I think, of disrespect over a period of time made me, over the course of a year, think, oh, this new manager is not that bad. And then I think, well, these people are having problems, but I think it's going to be okay. It's just growing pains. And then thinking, oh, now this person left, now this other person left. And then, I, you know, what's this going to mean for me? And then... Well, what it did mean for me is that I had to pick up the pieces and pick up the slack for a whole bunch of people for a couple weeks. Actually, no, it was like it was close to a month. It was like a few weeks where it was just me doing all this work. And then I finally asked, like, hey, I'm doing all this work right now. Am I going to be the manager or like what's going on? Because you haven't talked to me about it. And it's February and this other person left at the end of January and like if it doesn't sound like I'm part of how this group is going to evolve, it doesn't sound like I'm part of this plan if you haven't talked to me about anything. So it was a strange, it was a strange time. But uh, when I, I told that person, and because I, I am, I'm very direct. And I said, well, just so you know, if you're not going to at least make me the acting manager, like if you can't straight up promote me, that's fine. Because it's like in the middle of the year. But well, it was in the middle of the year, but it was after we did the annual incentives. But I said, if you're not at least going to make me the acting manager, then continuing to support you is not part of my short-term goals. And then they said, well, you know, the best that we can do is give you a mentor. And then in my head, I was like, okay, fine. But that's not what I was looking for. Like, I've had a mentor before. I didn't, you know, that that's not, that that wasn't the solution for me. That wasn't a, that wasn't okay. So, you know, my actions told them over time, I'm not okay with this until I eventually I was, I just kind of just tried to like get by until I went on vacation. And then when I was on vacation for a few weeks, I was like, okay, I really need to like step this up because I had been looking for a job, a new job, but it was like here and there and when I had time. And then I started focusing more and more on it when it got to, you know, March, April, and then I went on vacation in May. And then when I got back, it was one week later in June. And then it was progressing with this company. I was like, oh, I feel I feel good about this. I'm good. And then I got an offer and I accepted it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I actually answered your question fully, but it well, felt right. Like, with yeah, I feel like that needed to be said. So I appreciate you got yeah. that out. And my, my, my thing is, my only thing is I want, I want everyone to create options, right? So my, my yeah. thing is when... We were having these, and again, absolutely right. It could be that you were not treated well, et cetera. Our ability to hold it together um, and stay skillful, I think, is is something that I would encourage. So I get the, if you can't do, I'm not saying you use these exact words, but if someone wanted to, if you don't get this, it's not part of my plan. That's, that's in the category of my way or the highway. There are times that we want to do that. If you want to be my way or the highway, great. An option might be, I'm, you know, I really went all in. Uh, I'd like to put my name in the hat for this. Am I someone that can be considered for this role right now? You know, let me know. And 
I think the ability to just asking questions rather than declaring type of thing um, can be better received. You're not going to like the answer in this case. I get, I get it, but I'm just giving offering you some options so that as you go forward, the ability to think about, look, at, I want to be received well, right? Whether I like the answer mm -hmm. or not, and how do I best set my chances up? And that's just something that we can all control. Okay. You've been super. I really appreciate you being so open and I'm cheering for you big time. I wish you well in this new role. And I, uh, you know how to reach me if I can be at a help in the future. Okay. okay? You take Yeah. Thank time. you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you. You are a bright light. Uh, shine brightly, my friend. Okay. And let us close with my thought for the week. And this is from our friend Yoda of Star Wars. Do or do not. There is no try. And a shout out to all the amazing folks who make this show possible. The committed crew at Voice America. The super creative Eric Patton, who's behind the scenes of every episode of the show. The driving force for the Say It Skillfully website. All our social media. And that is a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is solvable. Communities are proving it. And it begins by understanding that we can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. The U.S. spends billions each year responding, but it's clear more resources alone aren't enough to solve this complex problem. Community Solutions is a nonprofit working alongside 105 U.S. communities, proving it is possible to make homelessness rare and brief, starting with veteran and chronic homelessness. These cities and counties are fundamentally changing their approach and have committed to get to zero homelessness using real-time, person-specific data to work and use their resources wisely. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org. See if your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name and need? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness can't be solved. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.